E-P-G. E-M-F-T. Track. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf here at Midweek. Let's again take a break from our talking about uh, current NF Tech football and go back a few years into the history of inept football here. These, these are programs I really like, exploring the inept history of football. Some of the terminology uh, that we hear every day in football actually originated here. And one of these uh, terms, the nickel defense, I understand, originated right here at NF Tech. Well, that's right. You know, we was talking about that right before we went on the air. And the nickel defense we did invent back in 1955. You know, that reminds me of the ball game we played that year against Bakersfield Agriculture State. That was uh, B.A. State. And, and back in 1955, folks referred to uh, B.A. State. They, they said that B.A. referred to bombs away. You know, they threw the ball so much they liked to throw them passes. They liked to throw long passes and short passes and medium passes. They threw the ball just about ever play. So we was getting ready to play them. Their famous quarterback, Rifle Randolph, liked to throw the ball just about ever play. So I figured that one of the things we should have done to combat that passing offense was to put another defense back in the backfield a fifth back back there and and of course uh, when the ball game was over uh, uh, I believe we lost a 73 to zip and I think old rifle must have passed for uh, 742 yards or something like that and he come up to me when the ball game was over he said coach you know that defense ain't worth a nickel and uh, that's where they come up with that term nickel defense and I'll be back with more from coach Art turf right after this message and the Art Turf Show is proudly sponsored this morning by Snowball Cupcakes. Well, Coach Turf, we talked about the origination of the term the nickel defense right here at Inept Tech. Uh, any it other? ain't amazing how many terms that people use in football every day that come right back to Inept Tech here and we started them. I'm sure we never realized that. Any other terminology that uh, you want to talk about uh, that originated here? Well, that's right. You know, we did have a boy that was hurt last week. Uh, Stubby Simmons injured his leg, and I know that there's a real common leg injury called a hamstring pull. That, right, uh, I've heard of that one. That's right. Well, that goes back to 19 and 30 when we was here at NAP Tech, just uh, we was just what you call your fledgling program then. Second year at the school. Well, I believe 37, 38, about the about the third year at the school, we had a boy playing on the ball team. He played both ways. He went offense and defense. Feller name of a Hamstring Hogan, and Hamstring was a kind of unusual boy. One of his legs was about four inches shorter than the other one. You could be up there in that tower at practice watching them boys, and you could always tell which one was hamstring because he'd be hobbling around one of his legs, been shorter than another, but he always tried real hard, and, and he always kept morale real high for the rest of the boys because he was always pulling practical jokes in the locker room before practice and after practice, and, and uh, it got to be before too long that uh, anytime something uh, funny went out on the ball field that they called that pulling a hamstring. Nowadays, anytime you see on the football field some boy hobbling around down there, somebody's sure to say, well, that boy has pulled a hamstring. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, Athens.
My, oh, my, what a beautiful morning it is. 64 degrees right now, headed up to 10 more degrees as the day continues. There is a slight mention of some rain, maybe. I'll take it anyway. It's April 13th. And of course, the year is 2022. This is um, on on the campus today. This is what they call Share the Ohio Experience Day. It's a day of giving, and um, mercy. There's there's over thirty different specific programs that uh, that people can pinpoint and give their gift to, and we're talking about. Um, financial support. And, uh, I mean, let's see here. This all started at midnight last night. And, uh, Scott, if you think of it, well, I didn't mean it like that. Would you go on your computer there and go to the um, uh, giving day OU's Giving Day site because they have a running, um, what would you call it? Running tabulation? Yes, yes, thank you. Of um, all these different gifts and people that are supporting it. It's a a 24-hour thing that uh, kicked off at midnight last night. And I, as I say, I think it goes until midnight tonight. But, um, oh, let's see here. Let me turn to the list of different things. There's so many here. So you can pick the one that particularly interests you. Or there are some that have a broader sense. And um, for some of them, I guess you get to uh, receive a little gift. Like um, here's um, eight to nine p.m. Giving day fund. Like in some, not not only will you like here's one where you if you give fifty dollars, they also give you a cap an Ohio University baseball cap. Um, but but most of these don't have st- things like that. Some do. Um, but th- here, that's just, okay, the McClure School. <coughs> the Russ College uh, Scholarship Fund. Uh, WOUB. Um, research and Creative Activity. Manasseh Cutler Scholars Program. Experiential Learning Fund. 
Appalachian Scholars Emergency Fund, the Center for Entrepreneurship, um, the Vibrancy Theater Fund, Africa to Ohio Scholarship, um, the various branch campuses uh, are also mentioned. Um, anyway, they just have, there's probably, I'm going to guess, 50 different specific uh, gift areas that you can support. And um, let me tell you, of course, each, each of those areas is very grateful. So this lasts uh, all day, and it started at midnight last night. Now, Scott, I looked. I asked if you could find some sort of data. Uh, supposedly, there's some sort of running tab. Yeah, it's what I'm searching right Still now. Still looking. Okay. Yeah, it's not. No problem. It's only giving me the website for the annual giving with all of the links, yeah. and. Uh, Places you can go, uh, some of the projects, some of the um, things you can, the the areas you can give to. Uh, of course, all of these are Ohio University Foundation accounts, uh, discretionary funds. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not finding a right. running total. That's all right. But um, um, we'll do our best throughout the day to remind you that this is a special day. Um, where you can help share the Ohio experience, right? Cool. Well, let's see here. April 13th, we said. Now, the very first thing when, you know, that National Day calendar, I don't know what this is. Qu National Boring Quineers Day. Boring Quineers? I don't know. How do you spell I'm gonna, that? I'm going to help you right now. B-O-R-I-N-Q-U-E-N-E-E-R-S. I haven't the foggiest idea. Well, it says that it is the 65th Infantry Regiment, nicknamed that name, during the Korean War for the original... Taino Indian name for Puerto Rico. Okay. It is a Puerto Rican regiment of the United States Army. Well, now we get it. The regiment's motto is Honor et Fidelities, Latin for Honor and Fidelity. Very good. Let's yeah. see. Today what do they do? Best known for fighting in the Korean War, but the regiment of Puerto Ricans existed a half a century before that. After losing the Spanish-American War in 1898, Spain ceded Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the Philippines to America. I didn't know Cuba was ceded to the United States. Probably until Castro came along. Well, so that's one of the things today is. 
It's National Scrabble Day. Um, you know, I've tried that game a couple times. It just hasn't locked in for me. It doesn't, as you say, trip your trigger? Right. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I like board games. Uh, as a rule, I don't get to play them very often, but... Um, Did you ever play Yahtzee since we're on the board game sure, subject? Sure. We used to play that all the time as kids. And my brother, Larry, seems like he won every game. He was good, eh? Very good. I had to keep checking the die to see if they were legit. There's a, a game that a neighbor turned us on to. Um, is it called Ingenious or something like that? Anyway, it's um, it's really kind of neat. And uh, a few people in the neighborhood have played, been playing that recently, like in an evening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Monopoly? Okay. I'm sure everyone's oh. played Monopoly. No, I like Monopoly. Yeah, how about, uh, what's the board game now for Athens? Uh, it's, a, it, it's a Monopoly, Athensopoly, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and um, oh, John um, Vicolas. John Vicolas gave me that game. And... Um, I need to try it. I'm, I'm ashamed that I haven't brought it out to try it yet. But um, but actually, we haven't played Mon Monopoly itself in quite some time. Yeah, it's but been it's that way good, for me. Good game, though. But I think uh, aren't uh, a lot of cities across the country yeah. having those games, too? Like Columbus has Columbusopoly, for yeah. instance. Cincinnatiopoly. Yep. Something like that, too. But it's that's kind of cool. That's another game my brother was very good at. He always had hotels on Park Place and Boardwalk. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, well, never He's mind. He just kicked my butt playing Monopoly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so National Scrabble Day today. National Make Lunch Count Day. National Thomas Jefferson Day. And lastly, National Peach Cobbler Day. Ooh, yeah. With a scoop of vanilla homemade ice cream? Mm. Why not? Mm -mm. Why not? Lay on the sugar. Pour okay. some sugar on me. Let's see here. Let's do... Um, on this day in history... In the year 1250, the 7th Crusade is defeated in Egypt. And Louis IX of France is captured. 1X, that's 9, right? In Roman numerals? 1X? 1X is 9, yeah. yes. Okay. Suddenly I was I questioning. IX, whatever... Some people say I, some people say one. Yeah. Um, let's see, 1598, the Edict of Nantes, Nantes, N-A-N-T-E-S, grants political rights to French Huguenots. On this day in 1598, 
this date in 1860, the first Pony Express reaches Sacramento, California. 1868, the Abyssinian War ends as British and Indian troops capture Magdala and Ethiopian Emperor Tawardros II commits suicide. Okay, famous birthdays. You ready here? Sure. Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy was born in 1866 on this date. He, uh, let's see, he was killed, right? Uh, yes. He was killed in 1908. Robert Leroy Parker, better known as Butch Cassidy, was an American train and bank robber and the leader of a gang of criminal outlaws known as the Wild Bunch in the Old West. He met his demise in San Vicente Canton in Bolivia. Hmm. Okay, uh, another famous birthday. In a shootout. Yep. Um, let's go with Guy <laughs> Fox. F-A-W-K-E-S. He was born on this date in 1570, and he died, uh, mercy, just as uh, 36 years of age in 1606. Guy Fawkes, also known as Guido Fawkes, while fighting for the Spanish, was a member of a group of provincial English Catholics who was involved in the failed gunpowder plot of 1605. He was born and educated in York. His father died when he was eight years old after which his mother married a recusant Catholic. Recusant. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Want to know what that means, yeah, do yeah, you? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we can find here. Would that mean like um, uh, privately known? It means a person who refuses to submit to an authority or to comply with a regulation. So, he resisted Catholicism, apparently. Uh, His mother married a recusant Catholic. Thomas Jefferson, that's right, the Thomas Jefferson, born on this date in 1743, he died in 1826. Of course, we all know Thomas Jefferson as a president of the United States, the third U.S. president. He was also a diplomat, lawyer, architect, philosopher, and founding father who, as mentioned, served as the third president of the United States from 1801 to 1809. Born in Virginia, died on July 4th. In Monticello. In 1826. Think of that. Dying on, you know, what a coincidence. Yeah. Not, not coincidence, but... Um, kind of. Yeah. Ironic. Okay. Yeah. 50 years after 
1776. This last uh, famous birthday, we have young person, um, although he's no longer alive, oddly. Um, seems to me I've seen this face in movies or s- something. Jonathan Brandis, B-R-A-N-D-I-S. B, as in? B as in boy. Okay. He was born on this date in 1976, but died in 2003. Oh. He was uh, an American actor, Jonathan Gregory Brandis, beginning his career as a child model. Brandis moved on to acting in commercials and subsequently won TV and film series and roles. Brandis made his acting debut in 1982, as Kevin Buchanan on the soap opera One Life to Live. Hmm. You know, I mean, I, I guess it's not too surprising for me to say this, but just while we, since you mentioned the topic, soap operas, there I have never had any interest in a soap opera. Now, you know, one might say, well, of course not. You were working all the time, and that's a daytime sort of TV program. And I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. But um, I had Lois Kibbe and Deidre Owen, uh, two women who were well-known in the soaps back in the day, were good friends, close friends. But I've just never, never had any interest in it. Maybe that's a male thing. You think so? Uh, could be. I mean, I knew uh, some professional baseball players, obviously, and, you know, they played games at night. And so by the time we got back to hotels or they got back to their hotel, they would sleep in, right? So they didn't have to be to the ballpark until, yeah. you know, 5 o'clock the next afternoon uh, for, say, a 7 o'clock game, something like that. So they I, they got stuck in soap operas. They'd watch them in the hotels Hooked before they them, huh? got on the team bus and headed back. That You know, that was before all of the cable TV selections were available, right. too. Fewer they, choices. Yeah, they were just coming into uh, existence at the time too so um, some guys like that I suppose if they work at night or play baseball at night something like that I suppose they they might do that now I didn't get into them and the only soap opera I guess type show that I really can think of that I watched regularly was Melrose Place that was back in the day was that a daytime thing? no it was a nighttime. Oh. Uh, Jack Wagner was in it uh, two, um, Heather Locklear was in it a few times, okay. two, and uh, Josie Bissett, I think was her name, was in her too, so it was, it was, it was a nighttime soap opera, basically, and mm-hmm. another one I watched, it wasn't a soap opera series, but 24 with uh, Kiefer Sutherland, I watched that one religiously too, because I, I remember telling people, don't call me between 8 and 9 o'clock on Monday night. Really? Yeah. You were really stuck with it. Yeah, it was on Fox Network, so watch that. I even heard Marty Brenneman 
talking about it on Red's broadcasts. No kidding. Yeah, talking about the upcoming scene or the upcoming show that was going to be airing on Monday night. You know, and Jack Bauer was the character that Kiefer Sutherland played. And he would talk about Jack Bauer and his next move he was going to make right during the Reds game. (laughs) Yes, he liked it. I think he did, yes. Well, you know, you just brought up another topic I wanted to um, accidentally. uh, Never mind. Um, The Reds. Yeah. We're underway again. Yeah. And um, we were having uh, dinner last night at a... uh, well, a shade restaurant. And, you know, they have all the TVs around. And it, it sure was kind of fun to have the Reds in action again and see a crowd attending. 41,000 or so were there. Um, so the Reds. What's... Uh, so, okay, if you had to say what... What baseball teams you like the most? Would the Reds be in it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes, Would they be I love the Reds. way up front or Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. The Reds who else? The New York Yankees. Okay. Um now, I, folks, we need to point one thing out. I'll interrupt my, my buddy here. You know, Scott played ball and was good at it. And that led to his uh, career eventually in athletic administration at Ohio, Ohio University. Now, go ahead. And loved every minute of both playing yeah. and being involved in the administration of Ohio athletics. And uh, tell you what, I was blessed, uh, continue to be blessed every day, obviously, but that was truly a blessing to be able to experience both. Um, the Those two teams, I mean, the New York Yankees – they're a team you either love them or you hate them it seems like there's no middle ground with that it's kind of like i've heard people tell me it's like notre dame football you either love them or hate them okay um so anyway i i i love watching the yankees play um i love the boston red sox i mean i know they're big rivals the yankees and red sox that's my favorite matchup the red sox and yankees and also the uh Dodgers and Giants. Los Angeles Dodgers is another favorite team. Really, I love all of them, but those are the ones that I probably follow uh, the most. Um, Freddie Freeman is a favorite. He played with the Atlanta Braves until this year. He's now with the Dodgers, and he's just uh, one of the purest hitters, one of the most pure swings I've seen on a baseball player for a long time. Uh, He's the first baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers now, signed a big contract. A lot of guys are signing big contracts now. The Reds lost two of their better players to trades. Uh, Jesse Winker to the Seattle Mariners and also Nick Castellanos to the Phillies. Well, they didn't trade him there, but he signed a free agent contract with Philadelphia. Now, um, what's, what's going on there? Why why does that happen? Well, the contract ran out that Castellanos had with the Reds. Uh, the Reds weren't going to be able to afford what he wanted to be paid. Uh, so they test the free agent market, which means that they offer their services to any team in the major leagues. So the highest bidder wins, and the player and the agent get together. You know, do you want to go to Philadelphia? They're offering you this much. Do you want to go to the Mets? They're offering you this much. 
Where do you feel like you have a best fit? Who wants you? You know, who, who? So there's a name on the tip of my tongue. And I want to go Castellini. Bob Castellini, the Reds owner. Oh, I did get it. Bob and Phil Castellini. I can't believe I was able to pull that one out. And they had him on uh, the the Reds broadcast yesterday pregame, you know, talking about the financial situation of the Reds and basically uh, apologizing that they weren't able to do more in the free agent market. And I guess he apologized after the game last night, too, for the Reds' uh, performance. As well, a, we, we should mention, just in case some of you are unaware, the Reds played the uh, Cleveland. So it's Cincinnati-Cleveland last night. Yeah. And, of course, it takes a little little bit of effort to remember the Cleveland Guardians. I, it's so hard to stop saying Cleveland Indians. Me too. Machine but, asked um, me one time, anyone want to play Cowboys and Guardians? <laughs> you know how Machine had that yeah. warped sense of humor. Indeed. Um I have a tough time with that new name, too. Well, anyway, when it was all said and done, the the Guardians won 10, was it 10-5 or 10-6? 10-5. 10-5. Yeah. Okay. And I might add that Machine is from Cleveland, and he's a big Indians fan. Guardians, see, I did it right there. So he doesn't like the new name either. But I guess many folks during Cleveland's first game were in establishments, restaurants in the Cleveland area all wearing Indians gear. No, mm-hmm. Nobody was uh, feeling it for the new Guardians gear just yet. Dave Machine is who we're, when we say the machine, we're talking about Dave Machine. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the Reds were down 4 to nothing. They tied it up 4-4, to only to get blown out in the last couple innings and losing 10-5. to So that's the reason for the apology from the red zoner after the game, which as a player, I'm not sure if I like that very well, but you know, the owner can say what he wants. We go to our phones. Good morning. Good morning. Last night, there were times that your yes. broadcast didn't appear, but at one point I was flipping it on and off. And it, uh, this announcer from WLW or whatever the one, WLS, what is uh, Cincinnati Station down there? WLW. WLW, he, he, he got on there and he was haranguing that uh, owner saying he, what he said was wrong. You know, he, how's he going to backtrack from that? And all I don't know. He went on for quite a while and then he said his name. And I thought, oh, that slipped in from <laughs> whatever problems you were having connected to the game. Yeah, yeah. Um... There was a commentator that didn't like what that owner said. Well, uh, yeah, I, he really let you know, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't blame Did you hear him? I blame him. Yeah, I heard the comments, but. Yeah, I was saying, well, what, what are we having WLW on for? Yeah. I, but anyway. I don't know if um, that well, broadcaster will be there with the Reds much longer either after that. WLW but. is <laughs> the flagship for the Reds, of course. Yeah. Right. So, um we were having a few issues here yesterday, and the game aired for a while, and then it stopped. So I was, I was here until 7.30 trying to get it back on the air, and we finally did. Jeff came out and helped, too. I noticed it was on finally. At the end, we I listened to it and lose. 
but they. Yeah, I'm sorry, I got it back on the air. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. No. Oh, you're, you're funny. You were funny about cowboys and guardians. I like that one. <laughs> All right. The reason I'm calling is a couple things. Well, Joe Burrow threw out the first pitch yesterday. They didn't show it. They didn't show it. No. Yeah, I was going to say, did anybody see it? I didn't. No. I didn't even listen to it at that time. But I mean, we, we knew in advance it was supposed to happen, but I don't think they covered it at all. And I was say one thing this station hasn't mentioned that during this hour is Dwayne Haskins' death. Okay. Which we can. And I was wondering, he's a millionaire now. Why in the hell is he walking along the highway? Well, that was my question, too. God, you know, there's something missing here. I don't know whether he was drunk, whether he was... My understanding was that apparently he ran out of gas and then was walking the highway trying to get to a gas station to... Uh, he apparently knew there was one close by, but I'm thinking, my, didn't you call AAA or... Right. You or know, there's so many questions you can ask. Your blinking and put your trunk up or your back up or something... Uh, your hood up and just wait. You know, that's a sign. Don't walk along the highways. But is he one of the main reasons Joe left and went down south? Oh, absolutely. So, so in some ways, it all worked out. But Joe gave him a tribute too on. Oh yeah. On the social media or something. But, he and uh, Joe remained good friends. I mean, yeah. there was no animosity there. But Urban Meyer made that decision to play Dwayne Haskins at quarterback that year instead of Joe. Joe didn't want to sit on the bench, so thus he transferred. And that was that changed everything. Yeah, it worked out great for Joey. And still is working out great. We can't yeah. wait for the fall season to oh, begin yeah. again. <laughs> Going to be exciting. And, you know, another thing, when Joey had that bad knee injury last year, uh, Dwayne Haskins played for Washington, who the, that's who the Bengals were playing when Joe hurt his knee really bad. And, uh, Dwayne Haskins was one of the first people over there to greet Joe when he was on the gurney when they were taking him off the field. And there were pictures of he and Joe uh, shaking hand, you know, and Haskins leaning over to him and giving him words of encouragement. So uh, they remained good friends from what I understood. What, a, and, just, uh, what an unfortunate accident. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. I mean, you hate to see a young man die so so violently like that. I was hit by a dump truck. and Yeah, he was trying out for the position of the star quarterback at uh, Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers. which he probably would have been the starter, my in my estimation. But yeah. it's a, bottom line, it's unfortunate when that happens to a great young man like that, or anybody for that matter. But yeah. from what I've heard, Haskins, is just, he was just a wonderful guy off the field, too. He was yeah. loved by so many people, and Evidenced by the tributes at a, at Ohio Stadium at the Horseshoe, where people are laying flowers, wreaths, candles, uh, footballs, any Dwayne Haskins memori- uh, memorabilia. And, and it's they just said very touching to see the outpouring of Coach, care. Coach Day up at OSU is going to have a. They already had a candlelight something for him the other night, but they're going to have something more in the future. They said at the spring game this Saturday they're going to yes. Is that what it is? Yeah, and they're going to do something uh, this fall, too. They haven't finalized anything just yet. But they, I mean, he was just loved by everybody that knew him, from what I understand. Just such so you, a great young man. 
Is are you having a spring game this Saturday too? Or I don't know if it's this Saturday. I yeah, I think it might be this Saturday. It's usually on the same day as the Buckeyes, so uh I'll have to look into that and see. I let my dogs out earlier in the morning and I'm yeah. sorry. It might not be because this weekend's Easter weekend. Oh, that's right. So, but you said the OSU's having their game. Yeah, Saturday. I think Ohio State is Saturday, but I'm not sure about the Bobcats. Anyway, I let my dogs out in the morning, and I look over toward OU, and I see it's all lit up. So sometimes they light that stadium up at like at 6 a.m. or earlier. Yeah. Does it, do they have practice that early? No, it's uh, student groups utilize the stadium at times too. The agreement was years ago when they redid the stadium. Uh, they would would secure funding and redo the field surface and uh, do some renovations to the stadium. And that was all in agreement that student groups would be able to use that too instead of just athletic teams because there was, a, a, you know, kind of a little thing going on, we'll say, about re- <laughs> using all that money for uh, just the playing surface when only football players would be allowed to use it. So they're allowing student groups to use it. And a lot of times in the morning, the ROTC will go down there and train, so that's why you're seeing the lights on early in the morning. down those steps and everything. Yeah, the ROTC goes down there and utilizes it for drills and training and conditioning, things of that sort. I think there was a tiddlywinks uh, contest there the other day. Were you? (laughs) Did you play? Were you in it? No, but I saw six people there trying. uh, Wow. Tiddlywinks. Was that where you pushed this tiddly thing in the... I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I yeah. forget. I've heard tiddlywinks, but I forget how you play it. But, <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, keep up the good work and keep up the good work and getting the station back on because it's so aggravating to turn on your oh. station and there's nothing there. Yeah, that, it was a combination of the, receiving the signal and some things here. So yeah. once we got that me, all straightened out. Let me it, tell it you one story on. here. Nationwide. There is, um, you've heard of this 5E or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah five. Something like that. Um, we, um, so. That's a download speed for people on computers, right? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, or cell phones and stuff like that. There's only so much spectrum. And I don't mean the company. I mean the concept of spectrum in space. And the broadcast industry and people that use satellite receivers and so on, and I don't mean like for the home, but more on the big commercial basis, um, are having to give up a certain portion of their spectrum to this other purpose and that we're being paid for it eventually I don't know when it might be a few years but um, in 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 our case I think it's like eleven thousand dollars a one-time payment something like that and um, but we had no choice in the matter it was a governmental decision and um, so some of, some of our equipment is having to be reworked a little bit to accommodate for that, our satellite receivers and so on. 
Um, and then also at the beginning of any new season, um, the provider of the network, like the Reds, they have some things they've upgraded. So we have to get our system to ma- match theirs. So we apologize, but we'll get it right. I thought that uh, the guy that gives the sports broadcast in the morning said yesterday that we're going to start with the Reds. It was an afternoon game. Then they were going to go to the high school baseball. And then following that, they were going to go to the um, Blue Jackets. Yeah, I have no idea was what that's supposed, supposed to happen. To. I guess it didn't happen because of uh, the problems. I think it may be today. Oh, okay. Uh, today or tomorrow, one. I'm oh, not it, sure. I'll have to still... check their sports calendar here. But yeah, it was. I don't think it was yesterday. It was but, just no, a... I don't think it's today because they said it's a night game today. Oh, I thought the Reds had a day game today. Well, we better check that and see. But uh, I have no idea. You know, I also listen to the PBS. Could that be the reason why I keep getting over-the-air signals is what we're getting? Why I keep saying no signal, no signal. You're watching something, and it's real good, and all of a sudden it goes to no signal. Well, the cable companies. No, this is over-the-air broadcast, a thing where... I, 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 don't, I don't know. I was going I was to say that the cable companies are also being affected by this spectrum change. And, again, I'm not talking about Spectrum, the company. I'm talking about just how much available signal space there is in the world. Anyway. Right. Well, thanks for the update, and I'm glad we finally talked about Dwayne Haskins because he needed a little shout-out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Great guy. Later. Incidentally, the Reds do play today at 1235. Okay. And it was that your understanding, or is that new to you? No, that's that's was my understanding. Okay. Is that the game was already scheduled for twelve thirty-five? Fair enough. And I think the uh, high school baseball later, and then the Blue Jackets. So, I think that was today anyway. Busy, I'll check the sports schedule. Day. Yes. You know, we never finished uh, today's uh, stuff, so we have two famous deaths to bring up. And I'm ashamed that neither name means anything to me. Maybe it will after you look them up. But the first is that of Annie Jump Cannon. She was born in 1863, died on this date in 1941. Annie Jump Cannon. She was an American astronomer whose cataloging work was instrumental in the development of contemporary stellar classification. Hmm. And she was known as the census taker of the sky. She revolutionized the way scientists classify stars. Uh, Not only did she develop the important Harvard spectral system, she also classified about 350,000 stars manually. And the last person, um, I I don't know how to say this, Gunter, I think, Grass, G-R-A-S-S, Gunter, G-U-N-T-E-R, and there's two little dots over the U. Gunter. Okay. 
He was born in uh, uh, 1927, but died on this date just not all that long ago, 2015. Gunther Wilhelm Grass was a German novelist, poet, playwright, illustrator, graphic artist, sculptor, and recipient of the 1999 Nobel Prize in Literature. He was born in the free city of Danzig. Well... I guess you all know we 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 only have six minutes left. Um, but uh, this uh, attack in Brooklyn, at least ten people were shot and dozens injured in a New York City um, during the morning rush hour yesterday. After a man who was wearing a gas mask threw a smoke canister and opened fire in a Brooklyn subway. Police are searching for a person of interest. His name is Frank James, they think. After finding a credit card and a key to a U-Haul van at the scene. This uh, Mr. Frank James remains at large as of this morning. Yet, uh, officials have stopped short of calling him a suspect. Of course, a motive has not been identified thus far, though a number of violent social media posts by James have surfaced. Officials said they had recovered the U-Haul van, a gun, and a bag which included additional unused smoked canisters and fireworks. They also recovered undetonated devices in the area. Um, The station where the events unfolded is a major transfer hub in Brooklyn's Sunset Park neighborhood and runs two popular lines that make up express stops into Midtown Manhattan. Incidentally, Sunset Park Park is considered one of the cities, and I'm talking about New York City's most diverse neighborhoods. Well, inflation is up sharply. You think? We look at why prices might ease, and for that matter, why they may not. The overall cost of gas, food, and everyday items is increasing at its fastest rate in more than 40 years. And experts say without confidence, I'm sorry, with confidence, let me start that over. And experts cannot say with confidence whether price increases will speed up or slow down in the coming months. The accelerating price rate, in other words, inflation, hit 8.8.5% in March over the previous year. That's according to a federal report that was released yesterday. And that is the fastest increase since 1981. Of course, rising gasoline prices, right? 
drove more than half of the march increase, largely because of the war in, U- in Ukraine and subsequent sanctions on Russia, major oil and gas producers. But costs for other goods, including housing, increased significantly in March as well. I saw a few posts yesterday about gas prices, how they have not moved here in our area at 404, I think it is. Is it 404 or 409? 409, I think. Okay, 409. Somebody sent me a text yesterday from where they are near, I don't know, the Hillsborough area, and said gas there was at 344. I'm like, why? And I, people are questioning why we're still as high as we are. On my drive to Columbus a week or two ago, it was uh, 349. Wow. Uh, and it doesn't budge here. At, at two places. Wow. Um, anyway... So let's just look at a few items. We only have a minute left okay. here. Um, so the annual price changes in March. Fuel oil, okay, that's like diesel, up 70.1%. Wow. Gasoline up 48%. Used vehicles, 35%. Airline fares, 23%. Um, meats, poultry, fish, eggs, 13%. New vehicles, 12%. Electricity, 11%. Fruits and vegetables, 8.5%. Dairy products, 7 Um, prices to go out to eat, 6.9% up. Uh, clothing, 6.8%. Well, you get the point. Now, um, let's see. Alcohol, three and three point seven, and hospital services, three point three. How about that? How about that? We're out of time, folks. In our seventy-second year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. We're learning more now about 62-year-old Frank R. James, named as a suspect in yesterday's subway car shootings in New York. WCBS's Sean Adams is at police headquarters. A key left aboard the Bloody End train led police to a U-Haul van that James rented in Philadelphia. Three weeks ago, James posted a YouTube video in which he said he was headed to Philly and did not intend to return. In other rambling videos, he professes to be a prophet of truth or a prophet of doom. He rants at length about many things, including white people, a coming race war. Police also say he ranted about New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's been given extra protection. At least 23 people were injured in yesterday's subway car attack. Ten of them suffered gunshot wounds. Russia's war against Ukraine continues unabated. Cliff, uh, Chris Livesay is there with this update. More and more civilian areas in flames. This time, a culinary arts school in surrounding apartments in Kharkiv. 